Darkness, my God, that is true. 
instruments we become when we proclaim his promises and who he is we declare who he is hallelujah hallelujah glory to God glory to God just stand in this presence oh because I know this is the word of God hallelujah because I went all week trying to think of something and it just all flowed this morning within the last half hour that's God John 3, in the message of verse 19 through 21. This is the crisis we're in. God light streamed into the world, but men and women everywhere ran for the darkness. They went for the darkness because they were not really interested in pleasing God. So we know that's the obvious in this world we're in. But everyone who makes a practice of doing evil, addicted to denial and illusion, hates God light and won't come near it. And here's the word what we just spoke or we just sung about was fearing a painful exposure. So a lot of times we take it personal, we look at the world's just being intentionally evil. But this is where God's compassion comes in and he says it's fear, it's fear driven. Fearing a painful exposure, but anyone working and living in truth in the reality, this is the reality that we're living in, welcomes God light so the word can be seen for the God work it is. Glory to God, that is us, that we are the light, we carry the light, there is freedom in that light. And we proclaim that light through our praise and our worship. And I know he doesn't want to get the attention, but it's the Holy Spirit working in them. And that was brought, God confirmed that just 15 minutes ago where I was just really struggling. And it was just a simple word that God spoke for Rick. And just, man, it's been a while since I praised and worshiped God in that way. So that's the light we all carry. It brings freedom. And it takes away that fear that this world is experiencing. So just remember that, that we have that and let's just accept God's love and compassion that removes all fear. 
Amen. Well, welcome everybody. Praise God. Let's give him the glory and the honor for what we're about to receive from him in the name of Jesus. Good morning. I am Destiny Inglehart, and on behalf of Redeeming Love Christian Embassy, we welcome and thank you for spending part of your weekend here with us. RLCE is dedicated to be a wise church through worship, instruction, service, and evangelism, and we are focused on loving God and people. If you are a first-time guest or just tuning in, we would like to connect with you. We know everyone prefers different methods of communication, so we offer a few. You can text WELCOME to the number 989-625-9300, or you can scan with the QR code with your cell phone to fill out our online welcome card, or you can simply fill out the welcome card at the hospitality table in the foyer. We have some gifts waiting for you. Now here's some announcements to help us all stay connected. Would you like to be kept in the know? Then sign up for the Embassy Text Notifications. Simply text UPDATE to the number 989-625-9300. Once you receive a text, reply YES to confirm. It's that easy. Do you enjoy singing or better yet, can you sing? Do you play an instrument? Are you good with computers or cameras? Because we need you. Please contact Nelson Salgado at 989-714-1711 or email him at nelson at rlce.org. Thank you for using your talents. Are you looking for another ministry opportunity? Great, we have them. Embassy Kids Ministry needs volunteers to help an Embassy Kids class. Contact Pastor Michael at 989-213-6370. Also, we've outgrown the van and need a second one, along with more van drivers. Please contact Tom Hagenauer at 989-225-8508. New life groups will be offered this fall. Sign up in the foyer at the hospitality desk and intentionally get to know someone new. Remember, life is better together. We are excited to announce an all-new Discipleship 2.0 class beginning Monday, September 19th at 6.30 p.m. This class will help you in your daily routine of Bible study and prayer time. The class will meet at Apostle Jeff and Denise's home located at 917 North Winona Avenue. The class will be taught by an excellent teacher, Renee Jenkins. Great job, MSC family. We have reached our summer goal of $780,000. Now on to the next one. You're invited to the annual Friends and Family Harvest Festival on October 1st, hosted by Keith Strawn and Family at 2265 Fraser Road in Cacollin, Michigan. Lunch will be served at 2 o'clock. That will include chili, games, and activity contests, and prizes along with live music, hayride, and a time for building community. There will be a chili cook-off, so if you make some great chili, please use the food sign-up list QR code on the screen to enter. For all the details, sign up on Facebook using the Facebook event QR code on the screen. Check back weekly for updates. Contact Keith Strong with any questions, so bring your friends and your family, and we will see you at this year's Harvest Festival on October 1st.
Glad to announce that Shane Willard will be here in person on Wednesday, October 19th at 7 o'clock p.m. at the beautiful State Theater. Shane always brings a great word, mirroring the culture and the meaning of the past and making it relevant for us today. Invite your friends and come for a night of insight and humor. We are excited to announce that our children will be heading next door to the Secure United Way Family Center for Embassy Kids. Parents, make sure that you have your child check-in ticket for pickup. The nursery is open for children ages 3 and under on the mezzanine each Sunday except for the first Sunday of each month. Those desiring to give your tithes and offerings may do so at this time with containers located to the left and to the right of the stage or by texting GIVE to the number 989-625-9300 or simply scan this QR code with your cell phone. Thank you for moving God's kingdom forward. Please feel free to take a moment to greet one another. Our next announcement resumes shortly. Through you the blind will see, through you the mute will sing, through you the dead will rise, through you our hearts will praise, through you the darkness flees, through you my heart screams, I am free. Let's sing that again. Through you the blind will see, through you the mute will see, through you the dead will rise, through you our hearts will praise, through you the darkness flees, through you my heart screams, I am free.
Apostle Jeff, as he continues our series, You Asked For It. So glad that you're here today, and um, we've been in a series called You've Asked For It, and we're, and we're bringing that series to a close uh, pretty soon, but we had a time for another, uh, actually I have about 14 more, 14 more um, questions that need a response to, and if I don't get to it this summer, maybe we'll, we'll just bring them back and, and we'll do them again maybe in the next summer or something, but... Um, Today's questions, they've, you'll see them up on the board here, if you go to the next slide there. Um, first one is, why does the Bible say to leave my offering at the altar before offering it if I have an offense towards somebody else? We'll answer that this morning. Also, it says, why must we honor all men? Someone wrote that in and said, why must I honor all men? The next one is, the Bible says offense will come, so why do you say it's a choice? Good question. So we're going to talk about that today. So if, you, if you've got your Bibles or your, or your iPads or your phones, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 
5, or you can look up on the screen. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 to 24 says, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Well, why is that important? There's a couple different things that, that, that are in this verse that we need to unpack this morning. First of all, if you're, bringing, if you're bringing a gift to the altar, God is saying, you know what? If you're holding on to something towards somebody else, you know what? God can't give you what he has in his hands if you're hanging on to something in yours. That's just a good visual. The other thing is this is that when we have something against somebody else and we're going to offer an offering to the Lord, the Lord said it's better if you just left it there because it ain't going to count anyhow. Ouch. Think about that for a moment. Your offering's not going to count anyhow if you give it knowing that you have something against somebody else. If there's an offense in your heart towards somebody else, he's saying it's better for you just to leave it there. Don't give it yet, but just leave it there. Go take care of it, then come back, and then offer it to me, and I'll receive it. In Mark chapter 11, verse 25, it says this. It says, when you stand and pray, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven can forgive your sins. You see, it's always about a heart condition with God. It's not that he's trying to withhold something from you. It's not trying to, he's, he's being mean, he's keeping something back. No, he wants to give you, the Bible says he wants to give you the keys to the kingdom. But he also knows that if there's things that are within you that are not, that you've not made right, you're with, he can't really release everything that he has to you. Jesus' point in Matthew chapter 5 is, is, is this, is if we tend to place more emphasis on the ritual of just coming into church every, every Sunday and giving our offering, you know, getting baptized, taking communion, as the scripture goes on to talk about baptism, talks about communion. If we just go through the rituals of the things and we forget the heart behind it, well then, what good is communion without community? You know, we take communion and we say that this is the Lord's bread and we just take it and, and yet we're not fellowshipping with anybody else in the church you're missing the point the point is it's about us coming together as one body it's about us communing with each other and with God it's the same thing with when you're giving your offerings did you know that your offerings you know I've realized this my offering when I give my offering it might not amount up to much but when we all give our offering and we collectively bring it together my goodness the offering is so much larger together we can have a greater impact in our community together. We can, we can sponsor and fund missions around the world like, like we're doing right now together. But it's very, in, it's very hard to do it individually. Isn't that right? So it's really about the heart of the thing. So let's talk about, let's just talk about this thing called offense really quick this morning. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 through 32, it says this. In your anger, do not sin. So that tells me right there that I can be angry without sinning. Isn't that right? Just turn to the person that's always on you and just smile at them. I can be angry as long as I don't sin, right? Absolutely. I can be angry as long as I don't sin, okay? 
like commit murder, do other things. My goodness. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their hands, and they must have something to share with those in need. The next slide says this. Do not let your unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for the building others up according to their needs. That is my benefit to those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God and whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, all along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate one to another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. Just as Christ forgave you. It says don't give the devil a foothold. What does that, what does that mean? The foothold, you know, the Greek word is, is topos. Topos. And it means a place or a room. Don't give the devil a room or a place in your life. When you have a fence, what you're doing is you're, a, you're giving the, the enemy room in your life because you're offended. You're actually making him a place. Hey, come on in. Stay a while. I'm holding this grudge towards this person. Right? And when you do that, you're actually giving the enemy a foothold in your life. Even though you're not thinking about the enemy, you're thinking about what this person did to you, the wrong that they've done to you, the things they've said to you, or how they hurt you. Isn't that right? Because let's face it, we're all human. We know the Bible says offense, it will come. And so it goes on, it's on, it goes on to say this. Uh, we know that offense will come. The Bible says offense will come. But the Bible also says in Psalms chapter 119, 165, it says this, Great peace have they which love law. Law there means instruction. They love instruction, and nothing shall offend them. You see, they love the instruction of God's word so much that when offense comes, they know better not to hold on to it, not to make room for the enemy to come in, but they understand. You know what? It's not worth it. I'm going to release them and let them go. They might have had a bad day. Huh? Come on, give a little grace to somebody. They might have had a bad day. Or maybe I misheard them, or maybe I misunderstood them. There's a lot of miscommunication going on today. And it ain't just, it ain't just on the news. I mean, it's everywhere. There's miscommunication happening all the time, and misunderstandings happening all the time. And then people like to get all excited and flare it up. And fan the flame. You know, it's like adding gas or oil to the fire. You know what I mean? And it just explodes into something so stupid. And God is saying here, don't give the foothold. Don't give any place for the enemy in your life. I like what Craig Groshling said. He said this. He said, Rochelle said, being offended is going to happen, but living offended is a choice. I like that. See, being offended is going to happen, but living offended is a choice. That's why the moment you receive that offense, you've got to get rid of that offense. You, you recognize, I'm offended, I'm going to take care of it, I'm going to talk about it, I'm going to release that, I'm going to release the hurt, I'm going to release the pain, I'm going to release the person. Obviously, they didn't know what they were talking about. No, I'm just kidding. However, you've got to release that in your life. You need to release that so you're not carrying that. Isn't that right? Think about this. Churches and friendships often get destroyed over politics, religion, and I think about even, even the pandemic that, that we're coming out of, and I think of, you know, even 
you know, people, people were upset and getting mad and angry at each other because someone wanted a shot and someone didn't want a shot. Someone wanted a vaccination, somebody else didn't want a vaccination. Somebody wanted to wear a mask, somebody didn't want to wear a mask. And there was science and evidence for both things. You're kidding. I thought it was only my, my evidence that I sorry searched. No, there was actually science and evidence on both, heart, on both sides. And yet, there's this offense that grows in people's hearts because you did or you didn't. Hmm? And God says, throw that stuff out. Throw that away. As long as you're focused on senseless stuff, not all senseless stuff, but something like the minor things in life, the things that, what value is it going to add your life? What value is it going to add someone else's life to argue over something that's their choice? Isn't that right? So, as long as you're focused on senseless stuff, that's exactly what's going to happen. You'll never see what can happen when you're walking in the love and the unity of God's kingdom because we are sent to manifest God's kingdom here on the earth. Look up here at the board, what Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 through 8 says. If you can flip the screen for me. Is it stuck? It pretty much says that you can cast out devils, you can heal the sick. That's what it says, that you do it. You don't call up the pastor and say, hey, pastor, or hey, apostle Jeff, or, or whatever. You, no, 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 you do it. God has empowered you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And God wants you to go out, and he wants you to affect a region, affect your workplaces, affect your neighborhood. Be the people that God wants to use to do these great and mighty things for his kingdom. But if you're offended... Guess what? As long as I'm holding on to something, I can't receive something. My, my hands are full, and I, can't, and I can't release anything because I've got something in my hands. I'm hanging on to something. Huh? But if I put those things down, I'll be able to release whatever God wants to do through you and through me. We manifest the kingdom of God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 says this, Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. The adage goes, you know, don't go to bed angry, right? And, um, and I would say this, that uh, because of the scripture, some of you that know that scripture, don't let the sun go down on your wrath, some of you look pretty tired. No. It's not because you, you're, you're not letting go of things, because you are people that let go of things. You're people that don't harbor offenses. You are people that are walking in the light and sharing the light of Christ. Isn't that right? Say amen. Amen. That's who we are. We're not ones to hold on to offenses and harbor bad feelings towards somebody else. The Bible says in John chapter 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, rob, and destroy. How different would our families and our friendships, our churches, our neighborhoods be if we weren't upset and angry, but the moment that it happens, we took care of it. We practiced no bad-mouthing, no criticizing, no belittling people. When arguing or when you're having an intensive time, I like to call it intensive times of fellowship. That's what we call it at our house. We don't argue at our house. We're more spiritual than that. We call it intensive times of fellowship. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? It's one of those moments. And, uh, but in those, in those moments, it's, it's like this. When you're arguing, 
Here's some notes. You might want to take these down. Never say things like, you always. Mm. First of all, what you're saying is saying, you always, you're bringing up the past. And you're also declaring what they're always going to do in the future. You always. That's not good to start out with. How about this? Never call someone names when you're arguing. Mm. Real wisdom here. How about this? How about never raise your voice? <laughs> I don't know how that works. I know how that works if when you're arguing and you're not raising your voice. Never say, do you remember when you... Now, I've got to be honest with you. That one's a hard one for me. I'm not God. Um, you know, he, he keeps no record of wrong. And I think of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, the love chapter, that says love keeps no record of wrongs. Isn't that right? But it's so easy. It's so easy to bring up something that they've already done to reveal to them that they're a repeat offender. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's so, it's so easy to bring it back up because they're still doing it. They're still re, they're the repeat offender that's still happening. But be careful with that. And also, I would say this to husbands and wives when you're in that intensive time of fellowship. You know, divorce should never even be in your vocabulary. It should not even be a thought that's in your house. Because if it is, then in the back of your mind, you, you think, I've already got a way out. Now, let me just say this. If you're a person that's in a marriage and you're, and you're going through domestic violence or verbal abuse, guess what? You need to talk to somebody. You need to talk to us because God doesn't want you to stay in that kind of a relationship. That is not called the abundant life. And Jesus came to give you the abundant life. Did you hear what I just said? All right. Now, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 says this, Get rid of all bitterness, wrath, and anger, clamor and slander. Be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Where can we be kind? Where can we, how can we be tenderhearted? How can we be compassionate when we're offended? Because usually when you're offended, aren't you like, you know, they're way over there and you're way over here. And you can't yell across the room and say, I'm being compassionate right now because I'm walking away. I'm tenderhearted. You just don't know it. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. You see, to be tenderhearted and be compassionate, that means that you have to do relationship with someone. That means you have to get up close and personal. That means that you've got to come in their space. You've got to come, you've got to walk into their space, and they've got to walk into your space. That's called communication. That's called working out your differences. You've got to be up close and personal. I like, I like you know, the, the scripture that says that we need to be slow to speak and slow to anger. Look at James chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. It says this, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce 
righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humble, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Romans chapter 12, verse 10, it says this, Be kindly affectionate one to anotherly with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. Now, I got thinking about this. I got thinking about offense, and I got, you know, the Lord kind of took me a totally different way. If we're really thinking about offense, and if we're really thinking about how we get offended so easily, then these next five things I'm going to say to you needs to be in everyone's minds all the time. The first one is, is this, value one another. You see, each, each person has value. Each person has value. After all, that they're made in the image of God and his likeness. Isn't that right? After all, that we are all God's creation. We've all been created by him. He, all, he loves us. Therefore, we should love each other. Value one another. One of the ingredients of honor is value. Learning how to place that value on people. Matthew chapter 10, verse 29 through 31. In the New Living Testament, it says this. It says, Jesus was teaching his disciples one day when he asked, What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin. But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are numbered. I'm helping God out. <laughs> Uh, but every hair on your head is numbered, so don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. You see, if God values us, then we need to value people. Isn't that right? Every person has a purpose. Every person has a destiny. And as we see God's value in somebody else, and if we, re we celebrate their value, and when you celebrate their value, you're actually honoring them. The Heavenly Father saw value in you and he saw value in me as significant to himself. And he said, he gave his one and only son that everyone who believes on him would not perish but have eternal life. Jesus saw that you had value. God wanted a reconnect to happen between him and you and take religion out of the way. He wanted to reconnect with you. And so Jesus gave his life on the cross for you and for me, so we could be reconnected to the Father. The Bible says that Jesus is the door. The Bible says that Jesus is the gate. The Bible says that Jesus is the entrance. And no man comes to the Father except through him. And to think that he did that for us, part of a loving people, is placing value on them. Listen carefully. Honoring one another is a place of value. Someone with your, someone, you're valuing somebody with your words and with your actions. Jesus did this. He showed honor to Matthew, a tax collector, who most people despised. He expressed honor to Nicodemus, even though he was the first, he was the first to understand Jesus. Nicodemus was a lawyer of the law. And even showed honor towards Judas, even though he knew that Judas was about to betray him. He still kept the honor. He knew that, hey, you know what? I still love you, Judas. Judas walks up to him in the garden with a party that's behind him, ready to hang him, ready to kill him. And Jesus, he kisses Jesus on the cheek and says, Hail, Master. And he grabs his hand and he says, I love you, Judas. 
and Judas slips away. Even at that moment, Jesus already knew. Jesus was breaking bread in the upper room the night before, or that night before all this transpired, and he was passing around the bread and the cup. Judas was getting uncomfortable. Jesus washed Judas's feet, and Judas was getting uncomfortable. And yet, Jesus knew that where Judas's heart was, and he still valued him. Number two is this. Humility is involved in order to honor. You know, when you honor somebody else, you're humbling yourself, you're humbling your agenda to serve somebody else, to honor somebody else. That doesn't mean that, that they're there to take advantage of you. How many have met those people? Right? I think we've all met one or two in our lifetime. They're not there to meant to take advantage of you, but you humbly, humility is involved in order to honor. A translation puts it this way in Romans chapter 12, 10, it says this, honor one another above yourself. That's pretty easy, isn't it? Honor one another above yourself. You see, if I'm honoring somebody else above myself, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to give place for offense to take place in my life. Hmm? Number three is this. To honor, there must be respect. Today's English version says, be eager to show respect for one another. Honor and respect go together. To show respect for someone is to give them your special attention. Respecting someone is to listen to them even when you disagree with them. Oh, I'm going to say that again. You see, part of respect is listening to somebody, giving them the respect to listen to them even when you disagree with them. Think about that for a moment. Because we're, we're, we're in a culture where we just want to, if we don't agree with you, we just want to write you off or we just want to, you know, not talk to you anymore. Because after all, I don't believe that way. And I'm not going to listen to that. You know, when I was, a, when I was a, <clears throat> a little bit younger than I am now, I realized that I needed to listen to other people's comments and to other people's point of view because <laughs> my wife's down here and she's saying, your wife's. Mm -hmm. Thanks, honey. Yes, I need to listen to my wife's point of view. <laughs> but we need, to, we need to listen to each other's point of view because what I've learned is I might be wrong. And by listening to somebody else's point of view, they might bring truth to me. Did you hear what I just said? If you take on the position, I'm going to listen because I might be wrong, you're still probably going to be right. But you still might learn something in the, in the midst of it that you may have been wrong in one area. It's important to respect someone, to listen to their side so you can have a conversation. That's why the Bible says, come let us reason together. There can't be reasoning if you're arguing. There can't be reasoning if you're fighting. There can't be reasoning if you're shouting in somebody's face or bolding your letters on Facebook. <laughs> huh? It doesn't work that way. So, there must be respect to honor. 1 Peter 2.17 simply says, respect everyone. It says, honor all people. Say that with me. Honor all people. Say it again. 
honor all people. Well, that's pretty simple, isn't it? That means everybody. All means all. It means everyone. Honor all people. Number four is this, honoring one another with enthusiasm. You're like, what do you mean honor somebody with enthusiasm? Well, you know, I found the scripture in Romans chapter 12, verse 10. It says this, take delight in honoring each other. It says take delight in honoring each other. If I'm taking delight and I'm honoring each other, there's enthusiasm that's happening and I'm excited about it. Matter of fact, delight here means to be eager about this with the attitude of trying to outdo another in honoring each other. That's good. Think about that. That's what it means with that word enthusiasm there. It means to outdo one another in honoring each other. Now, how many people are going to stand at the door today as you're going out and you're wanting to hold the door for each other and no one wants to walk through the door first because you want to honor, you want to outdo each other. You want to honor each other. I don't know about you, but I always like going to the store and if there's someone there, I'll, I'll, I'll hold the door for them, you know, and they walk through and... And they don't say thank you. I say, you're welcome. Because I know they just forgot their manners. That's all it is. All right, they turn around and look at you like, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, see, we need a culture of honor where we're honoring one another again. And I say that because there was a time when people honored one another. They honored each other's different, differing opinions their differing views. They honored one another. And somehow, that's been lost. It goes on in this. So take delight in honoring one another. Think about this for a moment. What would your life be like if you were driven, motivated, inspired, enjoyed, and enthusiastic about honoring people in your life? What would happen to a marriage if the husband and wife genuinely were trying to outdo each other in honoring one another? My wife is coming to tell you how it feels. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. What would it look like if husbands and wives truly honored one another, loved each other so much that they were trying to outdo one another just to show them that, hey, I love you, I care for you this much? What would it look like if your brothers and sisters enjoyed honoring one another? What would it look like if employees were motivated to honor one another at work? And God forbid if they were to honor their, honor their employer. You know, the way you honor your employer is you show up not five minutes late, but five minutes early. That's one way that you honor. You don't clock out five minutes early. You wait and you clock out on time. A way that you honor is, you know, when other people are murmuring and complaining about, you know, bad situations or whatever that's happening at work, you're not joining in the murmuring. Because the Bible says we as believers were to do all things without murmuring and complaining. For such pleases the Lord. What? Yeah, it's in there. It's a scripture. We do all things without murmuring and complaining, for we know this pleases the Lord. To each other means each other. It means no exceptions. I'm honoring you. You're honoring me. We're honoring them, and they are honoring us. Remember when we are talking about honoring others, we're talking about treating people 
like they have value and that their life matters. Treating them like they have value because their life matters. I was just, I was just having this conversation the other night with, uh, actually with Pete and Renee, and we were talking about, you know, the, somehow there's, there's always one or two people that God puts in your life that is, that is that loud, obnoxious, embarrassing person, and they, you go to the grocery store, and all the way across from the store, they're yelling your name. And you want to slip down another aisle like you didn't hear them. You know what I mean? But everybody else did. And, and, it's, and I says, you know what? It's God's way of humbling you in your walk and in your relationship with him to reach out and to show them genuine love. And to honor them just as much. I used to get a phone call every day. I mean every day. It was every day. Sometimes it was two or three days. I mean, two or three times a day. And it would be, hello! And I knew exactly who it was. I started talking to her. Hey, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm, I'm doing good. Yeah. And so, you know, and she said, well, I want you to pray. And she'd always have a prayer list for me. And, and, I, and I'd pray with her real quick. And I'd say, all right, now i got to go, but uh, it's good talking to you. And what I realized is that from that moment on, she found a place in my heart. And then next to my desk at my home, downstairs, on the wall, I have Nancy's picture. Right there. On the board, next to my desk. That reminds me that people need love. That people need to know that they're valued, that people, no matter who they are, need acceptance. And that no matter who they are, no matter how loud they are, God loves them. And so should we. Amen? The word each other here means this. It means each other, no exceptions. I'm honoring you, you're honoring me. Number five is this. And it's the very last point. I heard that amen. Number five is this. To honor one another involves grace. It involves grace. Honor involves grace because of people. Let, let's face it. I, I think we all struggle, um, you know, in different areas of our lives. Because if, if we were all here saying, hey, we're perfect, you lying anyhow. Isn't that right? We all know that none of us in this room or those that are watching today are perfect. Now, we might all be striving for perfection, but we also know that we also miss the mark in different areas in our life. We also know that there's times that we, that we sin and we say, Jesus, you know, forgive me. And the Bible says he's faithful and just to wash you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But to think that we're better than someone else when the Bible says, you know what, we're all sinners saved by grace. Isn't that right? Every one of us have, are sinners that have been saved by grace. And so therefore we've got to show grace. So honor always requires grace. Honor involves grace with people. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says this, For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. 
And it's not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. Meaning, there is nothing that you could ever do, you could never work hard enough, you could never follow enough rules, be the best person you could ever be to receive God's free gift of grace, which is salvation. It just, there's just not enough. None of the things you can do, none of the things I can do to receive it. That's why it's important that we show grace one to another. Because many times we see someone have a fault or a shortcoming and we don't want to show grace to them. Sometimes we see someone sin, we don't want to show grace to them. But that doesn't disqualify them from being honored. Did you hear me? That doesn't disqualify someone from being honored because the Bible says his grace. And so when we're talking about God's grace, we need to have grace when it comes to honoring all men. I don't know about you, but it doesn't, it doesn't take me, it, it's not very hard for me to honor my father and my mother. It's not hard for me to honor because they're just good people. And mom's a great cook. Why wouldn't I want to honor, you know? Um, but really, you know, it's not hard to do that. It's not hard to honor, you know, other people that, that, I, that have been gracious to you and that are good to you. But how about the person that is swearing at you at work? No, I don't work with anybody like that. But, um, but if, if, if I did, you know, how are you, how are you dealing with that? How are you working that out? How are you showing honor to them? Or do you just totally avoid them or blow them off or think that they're not worth any of your time? It's going to require grace in your life to honor all men. Amen? Here's some questions for you this morning to look at and to reflect this morning. It's right up here. The first one is, who do you need to honor? I realized that as I was, as, as I was going through this lesson and I was writing and things, I started realizing that, you know, I might not always... Um, there are just people that started coming to my mind that I said, you know what? I haven't written them a thank you letter. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't sent them a text lately. I haven't, I haven't said, hey, I, I appreciate you. Um, and I've just kind of taken them for granted because they're just faithful. They're always there. They're always doing what they're doing. And I, I just said, you know what? I, I just need to take a moment just of my time and my day and just honor them and say, hey, I appreciate you. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Hmm? So who do you need to honor? Is there someone in your life that God is prompting your, in your heart right now in some way? Is it a spouse? Is it a parent? Is it a boss, coworker, someone else, a friend? How about this one? How does God want you to show honor to them? How does God want you to show honor to them? Speaking with more respect, is it with a gift, a word of appreciation, act of kindness? How do you, how do you show honor to someone and then lastly is there anyone you have dishonored by the way you spoke to them in front of others or privately and I would even I'd even say this is there someone that's on your mind 
that you have an offense toward and you need to take care of that offense? Is God revealing someone to you and to your heart or to your mind that you need to go and take care of an offense realizing that an offense is a dishonor? It brings dishonor to God, but it, it's dishonor amongst you. Is there a person that you need to take care of that offense with? Do that today. The worship team is making their way back up to the stage this morning. And, um, and I'm going to ask you all to stand with me. The Bible highlights four, I'm just going to say these really quick, four groups that we're to make sure to honor. First of all, the Bible says we're, we're to honor our parents in Matthew chapter 19 through 19, Ephesians also 6, 2. It says to honor those in authority, Romans chapter 13, verse 7. To honor spiritual leaders, 1 Thessalonians 5, 12. And your spouse, according to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, 1 Peter 3, 7. We're supposed to honor those four, especially those four groups, the Bible says we're supposed to honor. And um, so once again, ask yourself these questions really quickly. Who am I supposed to honor? How am I supposed to honor them? And have I dishonored somebody and I need to make it right? Amen? Our prayer response team members are coming today. If you take me to the next slide, I, I don't... I don't normally have us pray a prayer together, but as I was, as I was studying, I, I came across Psalms 139, 23 through 24, and I think this prayer says it the best for each one of us today. And so while I say it, would, would you just repeat it with me and just say this, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Hmm? For the rest of us today, Father, I thank you that you bless us on our coming in. You're blessing us on our going out and our lying down and our rising up. Lord, if there's, if there's any person today that's here that's never made a commitment to you, they've never received you in their life, as their personal Lord and Savior, today's their day. You're just waiting for them. And they just simply have to say, Jesus, come into my life today. I receive you by faith because I need you. And he enters into your life and he takes all the sin, the regrets, the pain, takes it away. And today you can start a brand new life. And for you and the rest of us, Lord, I thank you that we're going to be people that honor people. We're not going to be people that offend people. We're going to be people that honor people. We're going to honor all men. And if offense does come, we have the choice not to hold on to it, but we have the choice to take care of it in Jesus' name. And I think that's what's going to happen this week, starting today, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Say amen. Amen. Before you go today, I'm going to ask two ushers to come down, one down here and one over here, and there's, and there's cards down here. And if you've got the cards, uh, I'm going to just pass these out. We're going to pass you two of these cards. It looks like this. There's a heart on the front of the one. On the back side, it says, 
you're amazing and we appreciate you as part of our community and all I'm going to do is, is next Sunday we're not going to meet here in the building because they have Hell's Half Mile meeting here we'll kick Hell out the next week amen but uh, uh, Hell's Half Mile is here next week and but we want you to do this we want you to take it we want you to take two of these cards and on Sunday morning next week we just want you to do all kinds of acts of love and community service to people all around our region so if you live up north you can stay up north Show, show someone God's love huh? honor somebody do something for someone go to the park, pick up papers go to someone's house there's already leaves falling, can you believe it? break their leaves help somebody that you see that needs help stop by the, stop by the police station tell them thank you for their service stop by the, you know, the, the, the medic's place and say thanks for your help you know, stop by the um, I, last time the youth group did this a few weeks ago when we, we took pizzas to the fire department and, and, and bottles of pop and said, guys, dinner's on us tonight. Thanks for all you do in our community. You know, just do something that shows God's love and your thankfulness for people that are living right here in our community. Amen? And then we'll be back here the following week to celebrate and rejoice what God has done and what he's doing in all of our lives. Amen? Don't forget, tomorrow night is, um, is, is the group that's meeting at my house for discipleship. And this week starts, kicks off all of our life groups that are happening. Wednesday night at Teresa's house. Friday night at uh, Pastor Darlene's house and Pastor's house. And uh, then next Sunday uh, night, I'm opening up my house for a six-week, six-weeks-only life group. And we're just getting together. We're having fellowship. We're having food. We're just building relationships. That'll be next Sunday, though. And um, we're just gonna we're just gonna do life again with people. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Make His face shine upon you. You are blessed. Amen.